Welcome to Cultivating Mission Beyond Our Believing Circles and Beyond Our Church Fellowship Structures. We could spend the rest of our lives in those circles, tightly fellowshipping with one another, and forget all about the world, and forget about all those who are not yet in the kingdom. But that's not the heart of God. And what, what I'm looking to do here today is cast some vision, and hopefully impart some fire, and even give opportunities to share, so that together we can spur one another on into the possible applications of this vision. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, we see the Apostle John raving about something. He's, he's raving about fellowship with God. He's declaring that the, the one who was from the beginning, the very source of life, the one they call the word of life, the one who pre-existed creation, coexisted with the Father... The one through whom and for whom all things were created. He's the source of our existence, the reason for our existence. John is raving and saying, that person came down to earth, referring to the Son of God who became the Son of Mankind, Jesus. And he, he became human and he, he dwelt among us and he's saying, and we saw him and, and touched him. And observed signs and wonders and all sorts of evidence that he did come down from heaven. He commanded wind and waves. And they lined up under his words. They they did what he said. He, He was God with us. And we walked with him and we fellowshiped with him. So he's saying this is a huge thing we've experienced. And then beyond that, you know how Jesus said, I must go so that the Holy Spirit comes. That's much more beneficial to you and He'll dwell inside you. Well, Jesus died on the cross for our forgiveness. He rose from the dead like He said He would. He left a trail of evidence that made it undeniable that He was who He said He was, that He did rise from the dead. He ascended before the eyes of the eyewitnesses back to the glory and what He said would happen, happened. The outpouring began at Pentecost. And according to the scripture, it says it will continue right up to the last generation where he returns. This is the last big thing that God is doing for the salvation of the human race. This is the big thing. And we have received, along with the apostles and the disciples, the Spirit of God. We've been born of God. And by the Spirit, we have fellowship right now. We're like, we are quite blessed and quite fortunate. We have fellowship with God the Father and God the Son, just like the apostles did, just like the early church did. And John says, our joy is not yet complete, not until others come into fellowship with us and ultimately into the fellowship that we have with God. We can't rest. We can't say woo-hoo and celebrate and worship for the rest of our lives until we die. That's not what this is about. That's not what the Great Commission is about. That's not what being ministers and messengers of reconciliation is about. We can't rest until we see others come into this same fellowship that we have with God. And so this workshop is about believers teaming up to welcome unbelievers for the rest of our lives. It's a practice that we are to engage in 
It's a mission that we are to engage in for the rest of our lives. We're to be mindful of this and be doing it. Not neglecting, not forgetting it. Transferring people who are separate and still dead spiritually. Transferring them all the way into life in fellowship with God. How do we do this? I once saw a, a vision. Hey, Rob. <laughs> once saw a vision. Rob back there at the door. The vision was of the door in our church, and it was transformed. The plain door uh, became this colonial-looking kind of door. It had a grid on it. It looked like a chocolate bar, if you want to kind of picture it in your mind. And I ended up walking out our Sunday morning door and broke off one of the little square pieces from the door. And then I was asked, what does that mean? I have no clue. <laughs> Every prophecy is to be asked about. I asked God, and it was, multiply the doors. Don't limit it to just one Sunday morning door, bringing the world into fellowship with God. Or your house group doors, or whatever kind of other structure you have where believers get together. Open up more doors. Multiply the points of entry where the world can come into fellowship with you and with God. And so that got me thinking, what can we do? You, you can't figure this out on your own. Pray. Pray about it. God has ideas on how to facilitate such a thing. This workshop I've called Kingdom Hospitality. It's, a, it's an outreach that every believer can practice and get into and get good at and bear fruit in. I'm going to start with a simple question. What is Hospitality. I got the Greek word up here, philoxenos. And then what does it have to do with the lost or welcoming the lost into the kingdom of God? Philoxenos, compound word. The, the, the word xenos simply means stranger. You know, like you might have heard of xenophobia. That's the fear of the stranger. Stay away from them. Let's just stay in our isolated little circles and be safe from the world. That's not the heart of God. Philoxenos is quite the reverse of that. Philos is, a, is a one of the Greek words for love. And it, it means, uh, it's a friendship kind of love. It's a befriending kind of love where you go to and you reach out to and you do it with compassion and you welcome people in, and you love them and you love them all the way in this fellowship into the kingdom no matter how long it takes this is being hospitable as a kingdom person and you got to ask okay well what does this have to do with our lost or the lost people around us or in the rest of our lives there will be lost people everywhere we go what does this have to do with them well i got to say first of all the source of being inspired for this kind of vision is Jesus. He was Philoxenos. He came quite a distance in this huge gap between people and God, those who were strangers to God and His kingdom. He came quite a distance to connect with them, to reach them. Jesus demonstrated this hospitality. He was criticized by leaders of the day, religious leaders, for doing it. Why is he hanging out with such people, such sinners? Living translation, such... They had a real bad view of those who were far from the kingdom. Such scum. New living translation. What's he doing connecting with... If he's, if he's to be connecting with anybody, it should be us, the believers, the righteous. Why is he hanging out with sinners? And why is he bringing his disciples with him? 
Affecting them too with those sinners. Matthew 9. You know, Levi, otherwise known as the Matthew, the tax collector. When Matthew was called to follow Jesus, he threw a dinner party and Jesus said, yeah, he went. In his hospitable, welcoming nature, he went to the party. And he made sure he brought his disciples who were being mentored by him to see this and to partake in this. And of course, he was criticized, but the the critics went to the disciples and said, why does your teacher hang out with such sinners and eat with them? And Jesus gives, you know, he overheard that, and he said, you know what, it's not those who are healthy who need the doctor. I've come a long way as the doctor. It's not the healthy, but it's the sick. And then he reassigns them to go back and look at the Scriptures and learn. You haven't understood what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. This is He was saying this to the critics who were not understanding what He was doing, not understanding the heart of God in that Scripture. Mercy, esplachnia, means that inside your vital organs get so moved in what you see, they, they, they rev up to the red zone where you need to move and reach out or do something about what you see. And he's seeing those who are far away being abandoned and written off. And he comes and he reaches all the way in and sits and eats and fellowships with them. And he says, I came not for the righteous, but for sinners. Kind of like... You should be doing this too. And now you're criticizing me. This is the heart of God. You have not understood the Scriptures. Zacchaeus is another example. You've got a tax collector and they got critical. Now you've got a chief tax collector. And he's up on a tree. To make the story short, big crowd, people are gathered, they want to see Jesus passing through Jericho and he sees Zacchaeus. Probably invisible to most. Probably even wondering why he was there. And Jesus says, Come down here right away. You and I are going to fellowship today. And Zacchaeus is delighted. Whoa! And others were thinking, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. There he's doing it again. And they go. And in one sitting, one fellowship session with Jesus, something happened to Zacchaeus. He was encouraged. His faith was renewed. His hope was renewed. He was, yes, a lost son of Abraham. Written off by the people who saw his lifestyle. And yet there's Jesus fellowshipping with him. And he gets up at the table and he says, Lord, right here, right now. Repentance coming out of his life. Change in one sitting. I give half my money to the poor and I pay back four times according to the Scriptures. Four times to those who I've ripped off. And Jesus declares salvation has come to the son of Zacchaeus or the household of Zacchaeus. This kind of hospitality that closes the gap between those who are strangers of the kingdom and the kingdom itself, this kind of practice makes a huge difference in not only of making a vital connection with a citizen. You're a citizen, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. We, we go to them, we go in the gap like Jesus did, he modeled it. It, it. We end up connecting, but it also opens up the possibilities of a saving connection with the Lord. Heading in that direction. 
I'm going to bring Erin up. She's going to testify really quickly about something she did. It's a hospitality type of thing she did. Small group idea, party mix, just like Matthew Levi's. Go for it. Yeah, so I've got uh, two kids, ages one and two, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. So the Lord just, well, the Lord has given me and my husband, like, a very large house, and he put it on my heart to have, like, a mom's group there to just invite all the women that I knew who were moms, or, it's, well, it's ladies, too. It's not, it's not a mom's group, it's coffee break, <laughs> that's what I call it. But, um, yeah, and so uh, there's one, well, one mom that I'm going to focus on is, I, I met her at the park, we I went for a walk with the kids, and I ended up chatting with her, and the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to invite her to my mom's group, and and I did, and she came. <laughs> and that I think it was that first mom's group that she came to. I was talking with another mom who goes to our church, and we were saying how we were going to house group that night, and Sarah is the mom from the park. She's like, oh, what's house group? And I said, well, it's, you know, Bible study, and we have snack and fellowship after kind of thing. And she's like, can I come? And I was like, Sure. <laughs> so she came to that next house group, and she came to pretty much every house group after that, and she started coming to church, and the Lord's been doing the work in her life, and in her kids' life, she's got three kids, um, and um, yeah, and her boyfriend, and the Lord, it's been interesting to see how the Lord has been working through her and her kids, even in her boyfriend's life, to the point where we had them over for supper the one night before house group, and he'd asked her at home before they came, like, why are they doing this? <laughs> you know, like, why do they care? And it's been wonderful to see our church just take this family in and, you know, take them out for lunch or buy the kids winter coats because for a while they were both out of a job. And um, and just, like, loving on this family. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And she, like, spiritually she is... Um, she's come and asked me questions. She's like, oh, I see you have a scripture on the back of your bathroom door. Like, what does that mean? You know, and it's been interesting to see her grow spiritually and how she's actually at home praying with her kids when, you know, when they're sick or when her, it's her boyfriend's dad had a stroke and they were praying for him. And the next morning they woke up and he was significantly better than he had been the night before. So it's been awesome to see the group. So one door. Where she's welcomed in your home, and then, you know, in the midst of believers fellowshipping, she enters a greater fellowship. She comes to the house group and everything, and is affected in her faith towards God. She's a believer. She comes to church every Sunday. I think she's taking communion with us in that invitation. Like That's a very quick uh uh, coming to the Lord probably was ready for coming to the Lord. Some people don't come as quick, but that doesn't mean, well, you didn't come fast enough, I'm not fellowshipping with you anymore. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a lifetime of fellowshipping with people and loving them and seeing them little by little come to the Lord. Scriptures, what does Scripture say about hospitality, being lovers of the stranger? Romans twelve thirteen. Two words, it says, practice hospitality. The Greek is a little longer for some reason. Usually it's shorter, but it's longer here. And it says, tin philoxenia diokondes. The idea for practice here is pursue it. Run after it. Get into this. Get good at it. Practice it. Make it your vocation. Make it your specialization. Study Jesus in it. Study scriptures in it. See Pray about it. See more what vision God has in this and get into it. It is a very practical way in bringing the world into the kingdom of God with our lives. I'm going to do this one. 
didn't do it the last session. We'll do it in this one. Uh, I took it literal, practice it. So in our, in our church, in our fellowship, we did this little exercise. We're doing it again soon in February. Uh, it's called, Who's Coming to Dinner? Uh, one clipboard here, sign up for being a mystery host. The other clipboard says, sign up for being a mystery guest. And you got all sorts of people signing up. In the past, the people were raving about what they experienced in this. The hosts have these guests that they don't know who they are. They just know how many their house can actually hold. They say, you know, they say well, my house can hold ten, so bring, I would like to invite ten, whoever they're going to be. And the guests, of course, come with dessert. In Greece, every guest brings the dessert. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> people came together. Some people were newcomers. Oh, I want to sign up. Are you sure? Yeah, I want to get in on this. And people were having surprise guests. They've never even. They didn't even know who they were uh, participating in this. A lot of people who were in our house groups, uh, who joined the house groups, it was out of this bonding that happened. The, you know, when you're in someone's home, sometimes you can be part of the same church and have never been in a person's home. And this just facilitated bringing us together in each other's homes, eating together, fellowshipping, discovering where we're at, and encouraging one another. And if someone's not with the Lord, encouraging them to, to enter life with the Lord. And someone is already in the Lord, encouraging them to go further and, and you know, come into greater fellowship, as, as you were speaking about house group. Hospitality makes a huge difference up close versus the distant, hi, how are you, and let's worship and go home. In Hebrews 13.2, well, I'm going to add something. We did something called, who else is coming to dinner? And that was, first it was practicing it between believers, and then we said, well, let's allow the hosts not only to bring believers in, but to extend an invitation to someone they know is not a believer and bring them into the mix and see what happens. Uh, I invited a gym teacher, <laughs> and this guy... He, he was a new gym teacher. He had been in you know, Winnipeg for maybe a couple of years. Uh, you want to do this? This is what it's all about. Uh, I'm going to bring some Christian friends. I told him exactly what he was getting into. Yeah. And he came. And he brought his girlfriend. And they were all decked out. Like This guy was like muscular. And I'm thinking, oh man. Let's get to know each other. <laughs> he found that I was a pastor. He became intrigued with that. And I'll tell you guys, all year long. This guy asked me questions about God and eventually started saying, I believe that. I believe that. He actually knocked on our grade four door where, you know, I was an EA and he, I'm thinking, oh, what's he here for? Open the door. He goes, hey, listen, I just have one more question. And he wanted to talk to me in the hallway about God again. He was impacted. One thing he did say is, in my time here in Winnipeg, I had never been invited to any kind of family thing. Never. So he was impacted just by the invitation. And then there was more. More and more unfolding from that. The scriptures say, do not forget to entertain strangers. The Greek word for forget is lismonite. It literally means do not neglect. See, when, when you're not mindful of it, forgetting it, uh, I just heard about practicing hospitality, and then you forget all about it, you're not going to end up practicing it. And here he's saying, don't neglect it. There's something precious in this practice that's meant to be discovered. Do it. Love the stranger. Welcome the stranger. Bring them in. You got a little uh, uh, cartoon clip that I remember from the past. Odie the dog and Garfield the cat. 
Garfield the cat in, is in his home. He's nice and warm. He's got the table set with all sorts of food, and he's ready to eat, knife and fork in hand. And then there's uh, something that he sees across the room, through the window, outside on the porch. <laughs> it's Odie outside in the cold, and he's looking through the window, wanting to come in. And Garfield sees that, and he can't. He just, he just can't eat. So he walks across the room, and he reaches out, and he pulls down the blind. <laughs> out of my, I can get back to my own luxury and eating and not be disturbed anymore. We are not to be like that with the world. That's true. Lazarus was neglected by the rich man in the parable that Jesus gave in Luke 16. And Jesus was quite negative about that idea. You lived in luxury and comfort. The guy was in your yard. And you didn't do anything. He died there. Believers are not to be like that with those who are lost and dying. We're not to be negligent, but we're to be diligent in this reaching out type of ministry of reconciliation, hospitality. It has everything to do with the Great Commission. It promotes it. It makes it possible. Garfield Street. Ironically, we go from the cat to the street. We lived, you know, we moved to Garfield Street 2004, and we dedicated the house, our life there, the neighbors, with the, to the purposes of God. And God inspired to buy a giant barbecue, not for us only, but for the neighborhood. And you're going to do something with this. And I had ideas. My mom lived in a village in Greece where my uncle had a tavern, and, you know, when that thing got fired up with the shish kebabs and everything, <laughs> circles of people coming around it, not just to eat, but to fellowship with one another for hours. And I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what he did. It's not a tavern, but I'm going to do it right on my street. And I put out a flyer to every neighbor, knocked on their door. Why are you doing this? I just want to get us together. It said shish kebab for free at 7.33. That's where we lived. Nice. 50 people the first time came. And they fellowshiped, and they liked it, and they were kind of getting used to it. And I thought, oh, this is not a one-timer. All these people didn't come to Jesus today. <laughs> and I thought, we got to do this, like on an ongoing basis. We've got to make it our mentality, our practice, our culture. And then I invited the house group the next time. Let's do this together. And you know, a little bit of vision casting, we got into it together. We did a brunch in my... I always wanted to open up a cafe. That's not my call, uh, so I didn't end up, but I'd like to do it, so I thought, well, we can do it in my backyard. We'll open up a cafe in the backyard. Come to brunch. Bacon and eggs and all. And all, all these neighbors came, and my house group people were loving my neighbors. And I'm thinking, wow, like just that picture, I was moved by just seeing how they were laughing and hanging out and serving them coffee, and I'm thinking, wow, this is great. And it's like, we got to take it out to the boulevard. Not in the backyard. Not everybody's, you know, they don't see it. They, they don't want to come. But if I put it on the boulevard, they'll see it. So I put the big barbecue on the boulevard. And I put out the flyer saying, when you see the smoke rising, just come. <laughs> and people came. One time we stayed till five in the morning in the backyard with the fire later on. Yeah, they loved the fellowship. There was a guy, there was an actor. Uh, 
He was not part of the neighborhood. Someone brought him from outside the neighborhood. We're passing the guitar around. Daniel, your son, was there, and he was playing some, <coughs> some Christian songs, and they were singing along. And then secular songs, the guitar was moving around, right? They were fellowshipping. We were all fellowshipping together. And this guy, this actor, died. And the neighbor, Bill, came just to tell me, you know what, I gave the eulogy, and i got to let you know, that barbecue was the highlight of his year. Wow. wow, like what happened to him? What, what? Probably the closest thing to church happened to him. Where Maybe he would have never gone to the building, but the church came to him and fellowshiped with him. And he loved it. We've got so many other examples. Dave from across the street. Dave and his drinking buddies. That's, I, didn't, I didn't know his name. It was just like Dave and the, or just that guy with the drinks with his buddies all the time. I went over to his house and knocked on the door. I said, we're doing this. Just across the street. Like, come over. And the buddies didn't come, but Dave did. And he came with all these plastic bags, chips, and drinks, and all that. And he didn't eat or drink anything. He just sat in one of the plastic chairs. Right there, out there on the boulevard. And uh, he said, I just just wanted to be here. I just wanted to see it. And I sat with him, and we talked, and... You know, he found out I was a pastor. I'm spiritual too. And then I found out how many things he had subscribed to that made him think he was spiritual. Uh, And then I said, you know, do you believe in Jesus? And uh, Dave said, I believe in Jesus too. And, And I said, you know, Jesus said you need to be born again to see the kingdom, to enter the kingdom, to be alive, to be able to see it and be part of that. And he goes, I've never even heard of that. Receiving the Holy Spirit and all that. So you want to receive it right now? Uh, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Sometimes not right away, right? But suddenly he's exposed to something by just crossing over and joining the fellowship that he'd never been exposed to. And with believers, just mingling with unbelievers, all sorts of exposing of Jesus happens. People from a minus 10 out of 10 might head towards a minus 9 or a minus 8 or even all the way to the turning point, zero, and life with Christ, life and felt receiving this great gift we've received as ones who've been made alive in Christ and have so much to look forward to. I'll give you a last scripture, and then we'll open up for a little bit of sharing. Jesus casts vision for hospitality in Luke 14. And he was invited at some sort of feast or gathering, and in it, he expressed his heart, and his vision for hospitality. This is how he put it. Jesus said to the host there, publicly, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid. There it is. That's all the reward in there. There's no reward for the kingdom. It's just all between you guys circulating this for the rest of your life until you die. (coughs) kind of Break out of those closed circles, that closed circle mentality of just doing only that. When you give a banquet, he changes it now. He says, invite, think of, be mindful of, on the list of guests, pray about, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the unfortunate. 
or the less fortunate, those who are less fortunate than you. Although you can't, they can't repay you, you will be blessed, he says. And you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Break out and reach out to those who are not so fortunate. And I'm thinking, well, who are those that would benefit the most from some of the gatherings that we make happen, small ones and big ones? Who are the not so fortunate? In, in, in my mind, spiritually, if, if, if I were to look at it from Jesus and who came down to the, this earth and reached out to lost people, sinners, spiritually speaking, the least fortunate people on the planet are the lost. They are the most bankrupt, broke people spiritually. They have no hope, they have no life, they have no future with God. And the most fortunate, guess who it is? It's the citizens of the kingdom. A little bit of a transient time here on earth before we enter all of that life and glory with the Lord. And so much more beyond even the, the intermediate heaven. There's, a, there's a, an ultimate restoration of everything. New bodies, new heaven, new earth. Like, there's a glory that we got to be mindful of others. Like, you got to be part of this. Not forget them. Invite them. Citizens who are ones who have every blessing, considering and looking out and saying with compassion, i gotta, I got to bring some of these people that are around me into this fellowship that I have with God and into this life and future that we already have with God. That's a mission-minded type of person, mission-minded kind of Christian. And so our joy, along with the Apostle John, should not be settled and complete. Ah, I've got everything now. It shouldn't be complete until we see others coming into fellowship with us and ultimately into the fellowship we have with God. So, I don't know how much more time we've got, but we're going to open up uh, the floor for a little bit of sharing. Anything that comes to mind that you've done or that you feel inspired to do. Maybe God put it in your heart already and you've not acted on it, or maybe it's on your heart right now. Anything you want to share that might spur on the others as they hear? How might you, how have you, how might you practice this kind of kingdom hospitality, citizens with strangers? I think what, George, I like what you're saying is you have to have an intentionality behind it. Mm. And it's changing your, your vision for house groups. Often house groups say, we are caring. We care one another. And without intentional saying, okay, this is we're going to be part of our vision, our dynamic of what we... Uh, you really are addressing uh, a vision part. So, casting out. we did that with our house group of just saying, if we're not trying to somehow make this part of our ethos of who we are, which is a big shift because we have various house groups. We've had people that have been in house groups for years and it's their home group. Mm. And home group, that's what we do. And in fact, we really, it's difficult. There's lots of people looking for places to connect and we're actually too big. Mm. We're too big to have other new people and we're going, wow, this is, this is a struggle because you know, you've got lots of good Christians in here, but how do you get them to think? Yeah. Mm. So we, we started doing some things in our house group. We plan, started a house group. We said, let's be intentional. The, the first thing was just really simple. Without intentional, just simple things. So we would do this. Every time we get together, we put a chair in the middle and say, God, we want this to be filled. Mm. We're just going to simple it just by praying. And is there anyone you love that know? And so we're cultivating all the time a practice that says, we, have a, we call it the empty chair. 
every house group, we pull out an empty chair and say, let's pray for that. Let's pray into it. And, and it's been happening. Cool. And then, hey, what happened this week? And it's, but we did it very intentional. And then we asked, well, what did God do? Well, what can we do? Well, then, then it became, because I don't want to add in more programs and more activities and more stuff that's like, oh, my word, we're already busy. But then it became, hey, guys, what could we do with our neighbor? And it was, well, we're going to change our Bible study night. <gasps> we touched a sacred cow. <laughs> and we're like, no, let's, what could we do? And we just prayed. We asked the Holy Spirit. And then the, they said, well, maybe we could just paint our neighbors. There was a, a bunch of graffiti that went down oh, behind our get out there. back alley at Rathburn. <clears throat> but it was our house group that said, we will take one of our nights. Cool. Go do that. Well, we had people from the community come and say, what are you guys doing? Can, is it okay first we went back and just can we per, paint your back your your garage door? Yeah, well what color? Well what color would you like? And, <coughs> but it, our house group became alive. It was one a night, and then we just said, How can we do this? How can we make at one twice a month or mm. once a month? Mm. Um, our culture, it had to be a shift of yeah. vision. Yeah. And then uh, from there, but I think without the intentionality you won't Good point. You won't have If you're not mindful and you had a reminder there, yeah. Uh, yeah. you may forget and neglect this aspect of our lives as Christians. So <coughs> backing on the intentionality, the word that he used, we intentionally go somewhere to do something. So I've asked the Lord for years, what do you want me to do today? Mm. And mm-hmm. eight times out of ten, he says, go to the Tim Hortons and hang up with the bikers. Because <laughs> I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. So it's been intentional. And if I'm there first, I wait. And now they come to me, and if they're there first, I go to them. And the, ch- the conversation slowly shifts from complaining about the world to saying, we live in a great country. Mm. It's, a, it's a great day to ride. Mm. It's a great day, whatever. And it's all intentional. Yeah. Because I have no idea what the Holy Spirit has for the individual. Yeah. And so I'm constantly, intentionally asking for wisdom and understanding of what yeah. he would have for the guy that I'm talking to. That's cool. Yeah. So you're praying and being launched down there. And you're practicing a hospitality that either welcomes them if you're first or goes to them if you get there second. But either yeah. way, you're fellowshipping. Right. Awesome. Uh, something that my wife and I do, uh, we have five kids, so <coughs> the Lord has blessed us with a bigger home. And you know, we thought of ways to supplement our income, and we started taking in international students. And so we have two international students that would stay with us. They're from Korea, Japan, Brazil. Um, and, you know, we've, we've turned it into a ministry for us because we're able to share the gospel uh, to them. We've been able to give Bibles to them. We've been, even invited them to church. And just the response that we've been getting uh, from them has been just been incredible. Hmm. They're in tears. Uh, they refer us as their Canadian parents. Yeah. You know, they still email us and say, how are things going? How are things at the church? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, so it's been really encouraging for us to, you know, we usually send people to, to the nations, but it's interesting the Lord sending the nations to us yeah. in our own yeah. homes. Yeah. And yeah. we're able to share the gospel with them. I've always wondered when you brought them to church, like, because they've never been in a church, a church, and then you see all this stuff happening during a service. It's like, what are they thinking? But they are being exposed to our life with God. You don't have to water it down or anything. Just let them come in and see and experience it. I'll just add to that just briefly. Uh, this summer, we had that, well, a few weeks ago, actually, we had the opportunity of 
of connecting with an international student that we had 31 years ago mm. live with us. Spent three years in Winnipeg, and we visited her in Hong Kong. And um, one of the things she said to us was that with her nephews and nieces as they're traveling abroad to go to school, she just said, you must get connect connected with the family in the country that you're in. Now this, this woman, she's a businesswoman in Hong Kong, and she, she just said uh, over the years, she, she, she would write us and she would say, I'm not yet a Christian. Mm. She'd ended off like that. Not yet there. But she has become a Christian. She's oh, the only wow. one in her family that oh. has. Mm -hmm. And, um, but just that, that hit me, just the whole thing of being a family mm -hmm. to an international. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one way. But yeah. as you spoke, I, I just felt like the question came to my mind is how can we prepare for <coughs> our neighborhood and for, um, what God has for us personally, mm. uh, where we live. Mm. Um, you know, when we travel somewhere, it's a huge cost. But to invite neighbors like you have, it might cost a few hundred bucks Very you know, to do the big barbecue, yeah. but it's not much. No, not you at know, all. It's a small cost mm -hmm. compared to traveling somewhere. And, and really, um, People generally close their doors once they go into their home, and it requires us to to be out there, yeah. to take initiative. Yeah. And yeah. I'm encouraged by uh, what you've shared. Praise the Lord! Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord! I got one little quick one. There's a guy named Ian. <laughs> Ian never came to the barbecues and always said no, no, no. <laughs> and he was a pastor, and this guy was, you know, he turned. He, he, he knew I was oh, a pastor. <laughs> no, he was a tarot, oh, okay. tarot card reader, and he would get visions for people in a healing room, and it, like, it, like he, he was, you know, into all sorts of. He was a spiritist of another sort, uh, and it was always no, 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 and it's like oh, I'm a vegetarian, and <laughs> I don't eat shish kebab. Uh, <laughs> I had this. You, you pray, right? And, and we prayed for Ian, and. Uh, along the way, and he just would never come. Hard heart, forget it. No way. I'm not, I'm, I know what's going on there, and I'm not coming into that. Uh, I had this vision, and I saw Ian in my yard, and we were cracking up together. I'm thinking, how could that ever happen? This guy is is no way. And then uh, Ian's mom, who got older, ended up in a care home, and Sherry's the nurse who takes care of her. And so suddenly we're connecting with Ian there. And he's starting to cross over and come, in, come into our house in my yard and tell me how I can trim my bushes because he's an expert on that stuff. Uh, and we start talking about stories at, at, at Calvary Place. And we're, he, he's got a hearty laugh. And he's ha, 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 cracking up on some of the funny things that happen in Calvary Place. And I'm thinking, there it is. He's here. <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute, I saw this before. And he comes to the barbecue and he brings this case of tomatoes for Greek salad and brings his girlfriend. And this was not happening for years. And God just, you know, just yeah. keep going and keep inviting and keep welcoming, keep loving. And here we are now with Ian. He's not a Christian, but his, his girlfriend started, what, George, what church do you pastor at? And she started to ask questions. We just got to allow people the space to work things out as God is doing whatever He's doing, whatever He's doing in this. 
just wanted to share that with you.